Welcome to Spark, Careers in Agribusiness, where we meet the most accomplished leaders in agribusiness today. Learn how each of the women and men featured has built leadership into their life's work and what advice they have for young people just beginning their careers. Your host for Spark is Sarah Stever, President at Paulson. And welcome to this episode of Spark. Today we're going to have a conversation with Rebecca Sisek, formerly head of U.S. communications for Zoetis. So tell me, how did your early life kind of prepare you for the career you ended up with? I started out to be a journalist. And back in those days, I, I was one of those students who thought I was going to change the world. And you know what? I think I can honestly say I have. I've changed my own little corner of the world, but that's been the thing that I've, I've held out in front of myself as, as the ultimate test. Going to journalism school at the University of Kansas really prepared me very well for my career in terms of some of those really foundational skills, critical thinking skills, writing skills, certainly, and set me up to become a business journalist for a period of time, to venture into the public relations and advertising agency world, and then ultimately, and most recently, be in the corporate world, in the corporate communications role. And what I found was each of these opportunities along the way offered me a broader platform where I was able to spread my wings, try things I hadn't tried before, develop new skills, and ultimately increase the amount of influence I was able to bring to bear upon an organization. So as you were working your way up within each one of those organizations, every everyone was a stepping stone for you. Yes, exactly. Okay. So did you grow up on a farm? I did not grow up on the farm. I grew up in the suburbs of Kansas City, and I lived there until about a decade or so ago. So born and raised suburb girl in Kansas City, but had the opportunity in my uh, first job with Vance Publishing to be exposed to the world of agriculture and to learn what an exciting and dynamic in- industry it is. So that was kind of the business journalism job that you were referring to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you carried that forward then. Did you also carry that through your subsequent roles, or did you were you out of agriculture for a while? The influence of agriculture has really come through all of my roles in my career. It wasn't wasn't by design. It was an opportunity that I just seized upon. So as I mentioned, I was a news editor for the Packer newspaper, Advanced Publishing, and the Packer newspaper covered the fresh fruit and vegetable industry. And then because of that agricultural experience, I um, was able to move on to a role at Fleshman Hillard, which is a global public relations agency, which at that time had a very big agribusiness focus in terms of serving clients. So I joined Fleshman Hillard and I worked on clients like the Wheat Foods Council and the United Soybean Board, Bayer and BASF, um, and really got that opportunity to work in the agribusiness world and, and continue it from the side of advising clients and creating strategic communications programs that serve their needs. And I continue that through my agency career, even when I moved to New York and you know worked with clients uh, such as Mars Chocolate, Mars Pet Food. And then because of that work, uh, really had the opportunity to begin working with a company at the time that was Pfizer Animal Health. Since then, has done an IPO and has become Zoetis, uh, you know, the largest company serving the animal health industry. That's quite a journey. 
Um, can you talk about whether or not there were any surprises along the way or pivotal events that, you know, either as you were transitioning out of university and into your first career or anyone who mentored you along the way that, that mm-hmm. was pivotal to where you went? Well, in terms of surprises along the way, really, regardless of where I've worked, whether it was a, as a journalist, agency world, on the corporate side, there are always changes, and there's always unexpected change. One of the things that I have learned is how you respond to change and how you, you seize upon the opportunities that change brings to you is really key. And a couple of key questions that I ask myself often is, am I having fun in, in my current role? Am I being challenged? Am I working with people that I like? And overall, do I feel like I'm making a difference? And while I, you know, nobody can answer yes to all those questions all the time, on balance, you, you, the answer should be yes most of the time. If the answer is no, then you need, you know, you need to go out and seize a new opportunity for yourself. If the answer is yes, then you know you have the opportunity to continue to grow in, in your current role. Seems like all of your roles, you 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 did a little both. You grew within the role that you were in, but then at some point, new opportunities came along, and you you jumped to a bigger change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, one of the ways that you know a key event that um, got me my position as head of U.S. communications at Zoetis is I had been with my former agency where I was a, a partner and a business owner, and at that time. Pfizer Animal Health uh, was acquiring the Fort Dodge Animal Health business, and they needed somebody to come and work in-house and sit side-by-side with them to manage the communications process. And I did that for about a period of six months, uh, you know, through my uh, former agency. And because of that, I got to know the president of the U.S. business, and he had been wanting to create a head of communications role. That put me in the right place at the right time. It allowed me to try out Pfizer Animal Health that allowed them to try me out, and it ended up, you know, being um, an awesome role for five years. So you almost created the role yourself that you knew because you knew what the business needed in order to succeed. Well, I certainly had a very good handle on what the business was looking for because of my six months of working on site there. And the the president of the U.S. business was very generous and had started inviting me to his leadership team meeting. So I was able to develop relationships with the key business unit leaders and really get a sense of where they were wanting to take the business strategically. And then based on that, be able to propose ideas in terms of communications and marketing that would help the business succeed. So Developing those relationships and having that insider knowledge made a huge difference in landing me that role. So let's talk a little bit about the relationships that you've kind of developed all along the way. Uh, was there any single relationship that um, ended up being really key to your development or um, events or anything like that that uh, kind of pushed you along? I would say one one of the best times in my career were I felt the most supported where I really learned a lot was as a member of the U.S. leadership team at Zoetis. And at that time, it was, a, you know, probably 20 or so members of the U.S. leadership team, so fairly large. And about 20, 20% of, of that number were women. And one of the things that we women uh, did at that time 
was band together, and before we would have our monthly leadership team meetings, we would join forces, we would review the agenda, we would try out on each other the points that we wanted to make that we thought were were key and crucial to the entire group, and we would help each other make sure that our voices were heard. That support and those friendships endure till now uh, when, you know, many of those women have moved on from Zoetis for one reason or another. But having that kind of support system, having the feeling that they're in the meeting, in, in the midst of a lively discussion, that you've got other people there who are supporting you, who are rooting for you, who have your back, that is really, really key in terms of continuing to de- develop your confidence, having real-time feedback on, you know, how did I do in terms of presenting my point, and, you know, continuing to move the business forward. Wow, I honestly have to say in all my conversations, that's the first time I've ever had someone talk about actually like a, a group that supported itself and prepared for big events like that. That's really mm-hmm. that's really interesting. It was a phenomenal experience, and it was the first time that I've I've ever experienced that too. Because we, you know, we always talk about how we, as as women in business, as women in agribusiness, we need to support each other. That's true, but how do you go about doing it? And this was a a really great, specific way that we could help each other. It allowed us to practice ahead of time. It allowed us to have support real time in the meeting. And ultimately, it's all about bringing as many ideas as possible to the table so that the business consider that and continue to grow. Well, it's an amazing bit of advice for our young women coming up in their careers just to really seek out, not necessarily because we talk a lot about mentors and, and being mentored, but just to seek out peers and colleagues that, that can kind of band together. That's really... Yeah, band together there in real time, in real meetings, feel supported, know that people have your back, be able to practice presentations ahead of time and have people tell you, you know, what questions do you think will be coming? How are people going to respond? Having that real-time support, mentoring and coaching is great, but that's usually offline and separate. After something has occurred about how could you do it better, this was real-time right there in the meeting. For some reason, if someone wasn't making a point as as good as they wanted to, they knew that, you know, another woman was going to jump in and um, buoy their point and support them and, and make sure that their voice was heard. That really speaks, I think, to Zoetis also, because a lot of times you hear almost the opposite thing happening in a lot of corporate cultures where it's, it's very competitive um, and, and mm-hmm. there isn't necessarily this teamwork. So let's uh, maybe talk about whether or not you've ever been a mentor in addition to that experience. Definitely. Once I moved beyond my early years and, and my green phase, you know, mentoring um, is one of the things I'm really most passionate about. In fact, I, uh, you know, a lot of people use the word mentor, and I think sometimes there's some confusion around it. So I actually prefer to use the word coaching because I think people can understand that. Everybody knows that a coach is important. If you're an Olympic athlete, you have a coach. A coach is very important. If you're the CEO of a company, you have executive coaches to help prepare you for um, various situations. So I think of it in terms of coaching, and it's really about coaching people at all levels, people who maybe are a little bit more junior to me. But in the example I just described with the women on the U.S. leadership team, we were coaching each other. So coaching your peers, and then certainly you 
need to be coaching people that you report to that are your leaders, because that's part of the reason they hired you is for, for your expertise and what you can bring to the table. For me, it's really the coaching is really about helping people solve their own problems, asking the right questions and not giving people the answers, but allowing them to figure out things for themselves and, and talk about, you know, next time, how would you approach it? you know, approach the same situation differently. Good advice, asking the right questions. That's a great way to look to look at it. And I hadn't thought about the, you know, the coaching upstream where your expertise really helps fill in for someone maybe a knowledge gap that they have, even mm-hmm. though they may be supervising you. Exactly. I mean, that was a big part of my role at Soweta as the head of communications for the U.S. business unit. I was coaching the president of, of the entire business unit, but also the leaders within the U.S., so the leaders of companion animal and livestock and pork and poultry, equine, and helping them with their communications, what points they were trying to make, helping them communicate with their teams internally, but also helping them understand how to properly explain and position you know, issues of key importance to customers and to various stakeholders externally. So can you maybe talk about, you have to brag a little bit about yourself here, but can you maybe talk about <laughs> some of the qualities that you feel like you have that led to the promotions that you received along the way? It does go back to coaching and wanting to be there and seeing what the overall objective is we're, we're trying to accomplish and then working as a team to make that happen. I'm, I'm somebody who, when we succeed, I want the entire team to get credit for it. Some people are very much a little bit more about being in the limelight. What really motivates me is for the entire team to be in the limelight to get the credit because nobody can do anything by themselves. I mean, if you think of CEOs of companies, the CEOs are lauded many times, but they wouldn't be a CEO if there weren't all those people reporting to that CEO, making stuff happen every day. I am very much focused on how to engage a team broadly, people who report to me. But in an organization, there are so many people who don't report to you and you need their help. So it's about engaging. It's about being able to influence broadly within a company, within an organization, and get people excited about the goal that you're trying to achieve. That really is one of the key things that has led to my success in my career along the way is developing those key relationships, letting people know that the agenda that I have on the table is the same agenda they have in terms of delivering success for the company and that we can do it together and that we can all enjoy the rewards. That's interesting, the shared agenda idea and the team player piece, because again, I'll I'll just state that a lot of times in corporate situations, you don't necessarily expect it to work out that way. So we'll change topic just a little bit here. Where you're at right now in in your career, what are you most concerned about uh, that's within your sphere of influence? So this is a rather broad question. So I will answer it in a, a relatively broad way as well. The biggest challenge I see for anyone, regardless of where you are in your career, if you're just starting out and you're a young woman in agribusiness or you're someone more tenured, if you're in a different industry, um, regardless of the function you're in or type of organization, it's all about how do you manage the constant change that we see going on in the marketplace these days. Nobody's immune to it. Sometimes the change is something you can anticipate. Sometimes it comes from out of the blue. 
happens all the time. All you have to do is, you know, turn on the news in the morning and see shakeups at different companies that a lot of people would never have anticipated. So one of the things that I tell myself and I tell the people that I work with is, you know, when you have a success, make sure you stop and celebrate that success and really enjoy it because things are going to change. And when times are tough, when there are obstacles, when there are challenges, and maybe you don't know how to solve that challenge, you don't have the answer right away, hang on, it's going to be okay. Things are going to change and you're going to figure it out. And a really key thing in terms of managing change in, in, in general is being able to step back and say, you know, what is the change that I can influence? And, and put, put your energy into that. And then also knowing and being able to recognize when things are beyond your control. And if it's beyond your control, don't put any energy in trying to, trying to influence it. Take your energy and direct it somewhere else. And that may be somewhere else within the organization you're working at, or it may mean beginning to look outside of your organization to new new opportunities as well. Yeah, I think agriculture has been in such an environment of either mergers and acquisitions or, or just a lot of disruption lately that it's really good advice because there really is only so much that you can influence. Um, in exactly. Of, and it, 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 again, it's the, it doesn't matter the type of organization. You can be publicly held or privately traded uh, or private. You can be a nonprofit. You can be in government. You can be in academia. But change is going to impact all of us. And so how do we navigate these ebbs and flows? Because they can cause a lot of stress, a lot of unnecessary stress, really. And life is its kind of like a roller coaster. You know, there's the, the ups and downs, and, and you've got to find a way to ride through all of those. Yeah, it's probably reassuring for uh, young women coming up, especially at the beginning of their careers, because you're not necessarily used to that. You come out of university, which has its own challenges, of course. You at least are maybe a little more in control of where you're headed while you're there. Mm-hmm. And you get out into the world, and it's it's good to know that it's crazy for everybody, and it's survivable. That's, that's a really good point, Sarah. It It is it is crazy for everyone, No no matter you know, where you are in the organization in terms of hierarchy or seniority or, like I said, industry. It, it's crazy for everyone. So, you know, being able to step back and saying things are going to be okay, it's going to work out, whatever challenges I'm facing right now, there are some incredible opportunities that these challenges are bringing that I just can't see right now. So having that perspective, that good things are, are coming my way is really important. Kind of along that theme, but projecting yourself forward, if there was one thing that you could influence in the future, what would that be? Something that I was very, very passionate about at Zoetis. It was a great environment because it really embraced us. Was, um, I was sponsor of the Diversity and Inclusion Council at Zoetis, and it was a, a U.S.-focused organization. We embraced diversity for a variety of reasons. It's A, it's the right thing to do in terms of offering people of all different kinds of backgrounds, male, female, regardless of race or what, you know, what your opinion is on various issues, you know, having that diversity of experiences and opinions is really key. And embracing that is important for the individual, for them to succeed, but also for the company, because study after study has shown that more diverse companies generate better business results. And one of the things I did as sponsor of the Diversity Inclusion Council was to really advocate strongly for every time we were making a hire to ensure that we had a diverse slate of candidates, that we had men and women represented, that we had people 
of color represented, of people of various backgrounds represented. And then we would choose the best person for that position. But you can't choose the best person unless you can see a broad variety of perspectives from which to choose. Likewise, I I also applied that to us working with suppliers. So when we would have a request for proposal, we would make sure that not only might we have some of our standard suppliers who were pitching for the business, but I also insisted upon including women or minority-owned businesses as part of that RFP process to give them the opportunity to succeed as well and to bring us new ideas. So what I would want to influence in the future is, again, really focusing on bringing the broadest swath of opinions, experiences, ideas to the table. And to do that, you've got to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people who think differently from you, who look different than you do, who grew up in a different way than than you did. And then you're able to see things that you, you wouldn't have been able to see otherwise. I think that's great advice to always push yourself to not fall back on what's comfortable. Push out there into meeting some new people and just ideas that, that you may not have heard before. Exactly. When you talk about all the things that you're working on right now, are you kind of rolling that into to how you're moving forward? I want a career that allows me to do that, but also a, a job that is within an environment where I can influence it to really make these small changes that make the world a better place. And the small change could be having more women on a leadership team. The small change could be how we approach a key issue in agriculture and how, how do we talk to consumers about some of their concerns about how their food comes to be on their table. There's a lot of ways that we can make a difference, and, and that's the opportunity that I'm looking forward. Well, let's talk a little bit about advice that you would have for young women coming up in their careers, ones that are just getting started? I've been very fortunate to have a varied background from going to journalism school and thinking I was going to be a newspaper editor. That was in my head. And I was. I was for a while. For about five years, I was an an editor at Vance Publishing. But then my career took different turns because I, I kind of put my head up. I looked around I saw opportunities that my friends and colleagues were seizing upon, and I said, that looks interesting. Let me give it a try. So two pieces of advice are, number one, to seize upon every varied experience you can have. You can try to plan these things out and and have a list of the experiences you want to have. There's always the plan, and then there's what unfolds in life. So be opportunistic. Know that not everything goes according to plan. And sometimes the unplanned opportunities are the best. So seizing upon as many different experiences as as you can have. And then I would say the other thing is really to always be networking, to always be developing relationships, because that is what is going to afford you the opportunity to make the biggest difference in your career. Your your skill set, your your talents, regardless of the profession you're in, your functional expertise, at some point they become table stakes. People expect you to have a certain level of technical proficiency in in whatever your functional area is. But the key thing that's going to keep propelling you forward is the relationships you make, how you're helping other people with their challenges, and really looking at opportunity, uh, looking at networking as something that you do all the time. It's, it doesn't mean going out 
just going out to a conference and networking. It also means every interaction that you have um, in your community, with, with your family, with your friends, just being open to meeting people, learning more about people, and seeing where the two of you have overlapping goals and interests. That is so true. You never know what's going to open a door for you that could change your life. One last question that's optional for you, Rebecca. You don't have to answer okay. if you don't want. But what is a question that no one's ever asked you, but you feel like I've got this great answer if someone would just ask it? Many, many people are going through change in many different companies and many different places. And during times of change, people often ask why this is happening. And what I've learned to do is ask a slightly different question, not why this is happening, what has caused this to happen, but the question that I ask myself is, what am I supposed to be learning during this time of change? And it was kind of funny. I was reflecting about how on my iPhone, I actually have a little um, notepad where every time I think I realize that, ah, oh, here's something I'm supposed to be learning, I, I write it down. And I've got a long, long list of things that I'm supposed to be learning during times of change. But the theme that stands out overall is your personal life, your career, everything that happens, even in a, in a given day, there's ups and downs, there's constant change. And life is about the ride. It's about embracing all of these changes, laughing when things are going great, sharing your frustration when things aren't going according to plan, but understanding that you learn so much about this ride that we call our life and let's enjoy it. We, we should enjoy the ride. It's a great life, and it's a great career. That is wonderful advice, just the, the idea that change isn't going to be just the fact that you've graduated and you've started your first job out. It's Well, in our industry, I feel like it's daily. And mm -hmm. really learning how exactly. to manage that and, and your advice about being open to learning. What should I learn from this change? That's Yeah, that's very, very important to remember, no matter where you are in your career. <laughs> where you are in your career or, or in your personal life as well, because we're, we're all people in, ad in addition to being professionals. So it's you know, kind of looking at every experience and thinking, okay, how, how can this make me a better person? How can this help me learn about a different perspective? How can I take something that may look like a negative, but is going to end up being a positive? It's just I can't see it right now. One final thing, when I've stepped aside from my career, what would I want to be remembered for? That really goes back to the theme that I've been talking about in terms of coaching other people. And for me, especially supporting other women in, in the workplace is really, really important, given the example I shared earlier about a group of women on the U.S. leadership team that formed this really tight group and were very supportive to each other. And it made me recall there was a, a couple of years ago, a colleague at Zoetis had heard me speak at um, a similar kind of forum within Zoetis on diversity and inclusion and how to direct your career. And then about a year later, I caught up with this person and she shared with me how, based on hearing me speak for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, not very long, but that gave her the confidence to share some ideas that she had that she'd been, you know, maybe a little reticent to share. By sharing those ideas, it actually led to her being promoted in the company. And she wanted to reach out and, and thank me 
for that interaction that, you know, she attributed, you know, having uh, a direct link to the promotion she got. I would say if there's one thing I want to be remembered for when I step aside my career is that I made a difference. I made a difference, especially with women in the workplace. And the way I made a difference was individually, person by person, taking that time to share stories, to listen to what that person is trying to accomplish and being there for them. Wow, thank you for sharing that and for kind of tying everything all back together at the end with kind of your your philosophy with how you've moved through everything you've done. What a what a great thing to be able to have that to your credit. I know. There's a lot of ways you're rewarded in the workplace, but that's probably one of the best rewards I've ever had. You know, that I, you know, somebody sharing that and saying, "Wow, you 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 made an impact on me." About as and good as it gets. It is as good as it gets. You're right. Great. Well, I can't thank you enough, Rebecca, for being part of this. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity, too. That's Spark for today. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll tune in for the next episode. To learn more about Paulson, please visit paulson.ag. That's P-A-U-L-S-E-N dot A-G.